stand for the reading of God's word. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything at loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ. And be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Philippians 3, 7 through 9. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Thank you, Michelle. So grateful for God's presence with us today. And for, once again, thank you, Nathan, once again for his faithfulness. If you're thankful for God's faithfulness this morning, say amen. God has been so faithful and his promises that he will continue to be faithful to us. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn there to the book of Philippians with me, Philippians chapter 3. And we're going to be looking there this morning as we continue in our series entitled Reconnect. Last week we talked about the importance of reconnecting to the mission that God has given each one of us. As a church, we've defined that mission as to know, love, and serve God and others. To know, love, and serve God and others. And last week I pointed out that our tendency as followers of Jesus Christ um, is at times to disconnect from the mission, from the mission that God has left us as individuals, to disconnect from the mission that we feel like God has given our church. And uh, really, that disconnect that takes place from time to time, as I shared last week, is really nothing new. Um, it's something that we see happening all throughout Scripture from beginning to end. Even the early Christians at times struggled to stay on the mission and continue to, to seek the things that, that God had, had told them to, the things that Jesus had left for them to do. And, and so um, last week I talked about how Paul, uh, some believe, has written up to probably half of the New Testament books. Paul spends a lot of his time talking about the importance of us uh, reconnecting, the importance of us, uh, we talked last week, fl fanning into flame the, the fire that um, is placed into our life, the gift that is, is placed into our life, the importance of connecting or reconnecting to the mission that God has given us. And so uh, today and for the next couple weeks, as we talked last week, kind of in general, we're going to get a little bit more specific. And so this morning we're going to be talking about the importance of knowing God and knowing others. And over the next couple of weeks we'll talk about loving and serving. But we're going to concentrate our time this morning in talking about the importance of knowing. And to do that, I want us to look here at Philippians chapter 3, again, one of Paul's writings. Each of these uh, messages will come from something that Paul has shared. Um, and, and this one uh, was written, this letter was written to the people of Philippi. As Paul writes this letter, I'll remind you just a little bit of background. Paul's under house arrest in Rome. He's under house arrest in Rome as he, as he writes this letter. And the church at Philippi had sent um, Epaphroditus, uh, who was one of their leaders, to bring encouragement to Paul. Also to bring some financial help to Paul to make his time there under house arrest a little bit more comfortable. And so Paul wanted to thank the believers who had been so gracious to him and who had encouraged him and sent this financial support to him. He wanted to respond uh, back to them with a letter uh, to, to not only say thank you, but more importantly, to encourage them to not lose sight of their 
calling. There's the, there's the message again, right? To not lose sight of their calling, but to stay connected to their mission and to keep their faith, keep it strong in the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want us to look at these words again that Michelle's already read for us and, and, and see how they can help us to reconnect to knowing God and others more. Philippians chapter 3 again, verse 7. Let's look there together. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. Think of it, Paul, think of it. Uh, Paul is under arrest in Rome for preaching and teaching in the name of Jesus, and yet this letter is not focused on him. This letter is not focused on all that he's going through, but this letter is focused on how he can deepen his walk with Christ and know him more. I think that if Paul could have had the song, the lyrics to the song Nathan sang this morning, I believe that would have been a song that would have rang out of his heart. To know him more, to know him more, oh, that's all I'm living for. No matter what was Paul, what was going on in his life, his desire was to know Christ more. No matter the circumstances. I wonder this morning what keeps you from knowing Christ in deeper ways. What keeps you from walking fully with him? What holds you back from a deep relationship with Jesus? Paul identifies a couple things just in these short few verses that he shares with us today. And the first one I want you to see, the first thing I believe at times that can hold us back is our own achievements. Look at verse 7 with me. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I might gain Christ. What's he saying here? I believe he's saying it's not about who you are. It's not about who you are. It's not about where you were born. It's not about how much money you have, how much education you have, how long you've been in the church. It's not about these things. You see, we can have the right pedigree in the world's eyes. We can have the right parents. We can have the right opportunities. We can have the right upbringing, the right teaching, the right education, right? The list goes on and on and on of all the right things that we can have uh, for us. We can have the popular vote, for heaven's sake, and still not know Christ. Still not know him. We could have it all and have nothing. In fact, if you look back up just a few verses here in chapter 3, what you find is Paul is describing all of the things that he has. Paul had a lot of those things himself. He grew up in all the right ways, had all the right education, all the right teaching, had been blessed in so many ways, and still he did not have the full revelation of knowing Jesus Christ as his Lord. And he came to a point in his life where he realized that he was involved. He, he had all this religion, had all this religion, but he was chasing after the wrong 
things. He thought he was chasing after God, but found he was really just chasing after a shadow of religion until Jesus appeared to him one day on the road to Damascus and put him on a new path, a path to know Jesus, God's son, in a personal way, in a personal relationship. Paul had all of the right things, and yet he said, I count them all as loss to have one thing, to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. He's saying if we are not careful, all of the good achievements and all of the good things that we have, all the blessings, if you're blessed this morning, say amen. All of the good blessings that we have and achievements that we have, if we're not careful, can actually stand in our way from knowing Christ in the deepest way possible. We can't lean on these things. We can't put our hope and our trust in these things, but we have to trust in Jesus Christ alone. He's saying there were things in my life, Paul is, that were put there that actually became stumbling blocks for me. And he said, I would rather pitch them in the dumpster. Think about it. I'd rather pitch them in the dumpster and count them as loss and embrace the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ and not miss out on this relationship with Jesus. This Greek word for knowing, it's important that we understand this, this Greek word for knowing that Paul uses here isn't just to have this head knowledge of it, but it's to actually live in relationship with Jesus Christ, to live in a personal relationship, to fully understand, not just know, but to truly know Jesus Christ, to know him more. Such a relationship far surpasses the value of anything else. Just like he did with Paul, can I just remind you today, Jesus Christ wants a personal relationship with you and me. He wants us to know him in a personal way. And he'll go to whatever lengths it takes to get our attention. Let me ask you this morning, has Jesus ever gotten your attention? Has he ever just stopped you dead in your tracks? Helped you to wake up? You know, for Paul, it was that Damascus Road experience where, where Jesus appeared to him. But the Spirit reaches out to all of us in different ways and, and sheds new light on our paths and wakes us up. He will go to whatever lengths necessary to get our attention. And the mo the, the, it's a moment where we acknowledge that all of our achievements and wisdom and all that we can do will never be enough. Who we are and who we want others to perceive we are will never be enough to earn our way to heaven. We need a relationship with Jesus Christ. We have to have a moment where we humble ourselves and admit that we are a sinner in need of a savior. We all need a savior in Jesus Christ. And it was that moment that enabled Paul to say, what is more, I consider everything else a loss. He had it all. I consider everything else a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I wonder this morning, what's the greatest blessing of your life? 
the greatest blessing of your life. This morning, we might all answer that in a lot of different ways, but if we're a Christian this morning, the first thing on our list should always be, I thank God for the blessing of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Above everything else, I'm grateful that I have a personal relationship with Jesus. If you're thankful for that morning, say amen. I use this, <clears throat> excuse me, I use this illustration cautiously this morning. Um, it's not intended as instruction for you. It's just intended to help illustrate how God is working to apply this in my own life. Something God has cautioned me about a long time ago. If you come into my office here or my office at home, um, you will not find some specific things. There's a few things you won't find. You won't find any diplomas or certificates or achievements hanging on my walls. Um, there's a reason for that. Um, I've earned my share of those, but you'll never see them because a long time ago, the Holy Spirit said to me, as I was seeking out education, which if you know my story, you know it's basically been a lifelong pursuit because of the way that, that my calling came a little bit later and I was basically in school from about 1995 until, I don't know, 15 minutes ago, it seems like, not that long ago. And so there were points in that where I was pursuing education. Education is important. I've pursued it. I, need it. I needed it. I've wanted it. But as I was pursuing it, the Holy Spirit reminded me one day that it's not about the education or the ordination or the training, as important as those things are and as necessary as those things are. But there was a day a long time ago where the Holy Spirit whispered to me and said, it's not about all of those things. It's about you walking in close relationship with me every single day. You see, we need all of those other things. Don't misunderstand me. But what we need more than anything else is to know Jesus Christ more. He told me that day, I, I will take what you learn and I'll help you to apply it to your life if you'll just live with me in deeper ways, more fuller ways every day. Now this is not for you, but I sense that Jesus in speaking that to me said, your diplomas, your degrees, your achievements, as important as those are, don't hang those up. Just put them in a box. So today, my diplomas and ordinations and achievements are in a box, but my relationship with Jesus Christ is not in a box. These very, here's what Paul says, listen to it now. Philippians 3 from the message paraphrase. The very credentials these people are waving around as something special, I'm tearing them up and throwing them into the trash. Paul had earned all the credentials that could be earned. Remember this. He'd earned everything. He'd studied under the best of the best of the best. He knew it all. He's saying all of these things that are being waved around, these achievements, I'm throwing them into the trash along with everything else I used to take credit for. And why? Because of Christ. Yes, all the things I once thought was so important are gone from my life compared to, now remember, he's making this comparison here compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master firsthand. Everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant, dog dung. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I can embrace Christ Jesus. 
Okay? He's making this comparison here. He's saying there is no comparison to anything else in my life. Nothing even comes close to my desire to wanting to know Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Nothing comes close. And he's challenging us to do the same. See, I remind you today, it's not about the achievements or the prestige or the, or, or the power. It's not about any of those things. It's about knowing Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior and walking in a personal relationship with him. So Paul cautions us about achievements, but he also cautions us about our own righteousness. Look at verse 9. He goes on to say that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. Many of us here this morning, we can look back to a time in our lives where we have prayed a prayer and accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Pastor Nathan said this morning, for some of us, it may have been 50 or 60 years ago or more, and for others of us, it may have been in the last year or so, but we can look back and, see, and remember a time when Jesus Christ, when we gave him our heart and life, asked him to forgive us of our sin, and he came in and dwelt within us. If you're grateful today to know him, say amen. We should praise God every day for that relationship that we have with him. And when we, get, when we begin walking with the Lord, so often we, we start off well, close relationship with him. We, we feel this instantaneous change, and so we're walking with him every single day. We're praying, and we're listening, and we're obeying, and we're striving to live the way he would want us to live. We're worshiping him and trusting in him and desiring even more and more and more every day to know him, and that's great. But what can happen over time, as we often talk about if we're not careful, is we can drift from all of these wonderful things flowing into our lives in this close relationship with him to really just knowing Christ and keeping, to, instead of really knowing Christ, to just keeping the rules. You see, it's not too long. It doesn't take us too long once we accept Christ, even before we accept Christ, to begin to learn the rules, Right? But what can happen is, is once we know him, it can turn from being about a relationship to over time drifting to just, just keeping the rules along the way. That can happen if we're walking in relationship with him. That can even happen as we're beginning to explore becoming to know him. I'll explain what I mean. Instead of seeking a relationship with him, we can think, well, you know, I'm a good person. You know what? I am looking at a bunch of really great people this morning, right? You think, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. I don't, I don't hate. I don't cheat. I don't steal, right? I don't lie. I don't lose my temper very often. I slow down when someone else needs to merge into traffic. I may have lost some of you there. I hold my tongue most of the time. I tithe. On top of that, I give to others who are in need. I attend church as often as I can. I encourage others, and I'll send a message or a card or a text message when I think maybe my friends are discouraged. On and on and on, right? We know the rules. We know all the good things that we should do, and we do most of them most of the time. All these things are things Christians should do. But hear me this morning. Doing these things don't make me a Christian. All of these things are things Christians should do, but doing those things don't make me a Christian. 
Doing these things doesn't mean I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. In fact, none of these things say that I really know him at all because I can do all of those things and not have a relationship at all with Jesus Christ. All of these things can flow out of a relationship with him naturally or they can be a list of rules and regulations that we simply try to keep on our own. I wonder this morning, which is it for you? Which is it for you? To use Paul's terminology, to use the terms that he uses in this scripture? Are you living this morning under your own righteousness? Or are you living under the righteousness of Jesus Christ today? Isn't that what Paul's talking about here? We either live under our own righteousness and try to do our own thing and do the best we can, or we live under the righteousness of Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul knew something we all know deep down. Having good morals is a good thing, right? it's, It's a good thing, but it doesn't save us. If it saved us, Jesus Christ himself would have never had to come to this earth, hang on a cross where he was beat and whipped and mocked and scorned. His blood was shed, him die, be placed in a tomb, and three days later rise again. Jesus would never have had to do that because we could have just been good enough. But what we have to understand this morning is the chasm between our good, and, our good and what we need in order to enter into the presence of Jesus and live in a personal relationship with him is a chasm that we could never, ever, ever, no matter how hard we tried, no matter if we had all eternity to figure it out, we could never figure it out on our own. There's only one way today, and it's through the blood and the grace of Jesus Christ. It's through him. He wants us to have a personal, intimate relationship with him that flows from the love and grace and mercy and holiness that he died to make possible for us. It's a love and grace and mercy that would cause us, put in us a desire to be as much like him as we could possibly be. A relationship of knowing Christ that would enable his love not only to flow into us, but to flow out of us. His love is so much bigger than we are, we can't begin to contain all of the love of Christ. And so he pours it into us and we can't help it. It just comes out of us because we love Jesus so much. And guess what? It's not a list of rules to keep because it's all about this wonderful relationship where we just live in love relationship with Jesus. And because we love him so much, then everything else that I do has his fingerprints all over it. Every other word that I speak sounds like the voice of Jesus because I'm living in such a close relationship with him that it just pours out of me. And guess what? That load isn't heavy, and it's not hard, and it's not difficult. Why? Because it's not me, and it's not you, and it's not up to you. It's up to him. I just have to stay connected. I just have to live in a close relationship with Jesus Christ and desire to know him more every single day. We want to often write a list of rules. Just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do and then then I'll do those things and that'll make me a, a good Christian. And Paul says, no, it doesn't start with the rules. It starts with the heart. It doesn't start with do this and don't do that. It starts with fall in love with Jesus Christ. Fall in love with him, not just once, but fall in love with him again and again and again and again. And when we fall in love with Jesus, guess what? 
We want to love him so much that his love pours out of us. Jesus himself said this, if you love me, I mean, if you really love me, you will obey what I command. Why do we want to live for Christ and do what he asks us to do? Because I love him so much. I just want to be whatever he wants me to be. I want to live in a deep relationship with him. And Jesus says, just let me work in you and let me grow you and let me help you. We'll walk together every day. I'll enable you to love. I'll enable you to obey. I'll help you in every way. I'll help you financially. I'll help you love the person that's difficult to love. I'll help you to forgive the way that you need to forgive. But you just have to walk in relationship with me. You see, with Jesus, it really, instead of being all of these things, remember Jesus, he summed it all up. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, and your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. And guess what? That part's easy when this part's right. I want to know you more, Jesus. I want to live in relationship with you. And yet we struggle with that at times. We choose to live by our own false righteousness. And a lot of times it's because we don't really have faith. Listen to what Paul says there. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. Now we read through this scripture right we read through this verse but do we really hear what it says because twice in there Paul even repeats himself right he says it once and then he goes back and says it again because he knew what he knew they may read through this too fast they're not going to catch it the first time so I need to tell them twice right here's what he says having a righteousness not that is not of my own that comes from the law but that which is through faith in Christ faith in Christ and the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. It's up to him. The reason we often choose to live by our own false righteousness a lot of times is because we really don't have faith in Jesus. We really don't have faith in him to believe that he's going to provide, that he's going to come through, that he's going to help us, that he's going to be there when we need his love to pour out of us. He's going to be there when we need to forgive, that, he's going to, that when we give of ourselves, when we give of our finances, when we give of the things that he asks us to give, that he's going to be there to continue to be that inflow to supply all that we need. And see, when we don't trust him to do those things, then all of a sudden we move from doing what he's asking us to do to self-preservation. Why? Because we're afraid that God won't do what he says he's going to do. And where do we soon end up? We soon end up going back to just trying to live by the rules instead of embracing the relationship. We need to have faith to believe that God will do what he promises that he will do through his son, Jesus Christ, and the power of his Holy Spirit every single day. We can't just put on a front. Some of us, we, we, we know how to act. We know how to do all of the things that we need to do, and inside we're hollow and empty and longing for a true relationship with Jesus. Kendra's going to come help me for just a second this morning. I want you to think about, Kendra, you can come up and stand right over there. I want you to think about this morning, what if I would write a letter to my daughter? Stand right over there. A series of letters, in fact, a book. I'm going to write her a book. And I would say, okay, Kendra, I've written down all the instructions for life. This is how I want you to live and what I want you to do, all right? 
I'm going to leave that for you. Take that. Read up on that. It's going to help you for the next hundred years, all right, to live and to know exactly what to do. And when you get finished, I'll be there waiting for you. Okay, see you, right? Mm-hmm. See, that, that, that's how we want to live sometimes, is we feel like, okay, God's given us his word, but it's kind of up to me to take it from here. Now, that may not be what we believe, but a lot of times that's what? That's exactly how we live. Okay, it's up to me. It's up to me to be good. It's up to me to figure this out. It's up to me to have wisdom. It's up to me to do it all. But God didn't say that, did he? It went more something like this. Kendra, I love you. And in, in, this, in this book that I'm giving you is every promise. I want you to know that th- these are the promises that I'm giving you. This is how I will always act. I will never act outside of what I've written here. So I'm going to give you my word. But I'm not just going to give you my word. I'm going to give you my spirit. And every single day, we're going to take the steps together. And I'm going to walk with you, and I'm going to help you. And if you have questions and you're not understanding, and I'm going to put other people around you, Ronnie, if you come up, come up. I didn't give Ronnie any indication I was going to do this, so it's going to take him a second. I'm going to put other people around you that are going to help you, and, we're going to, and they're going to walk with you, and we're going to help you, and we're going to make it all the way through. And guess what? There's going to be a day where you're going to cross over from this world to the next, and when we get there, we're all going to celebrate together, and it's going to be a wonderful time where we're just going to praise God for all he's done. Thank you both. No, keep it. You need that. That's a picture, I believe, that's a picture of what God wants for us. He wants us to walk in relationship with him, not try to figure it all out on our own. I'm thankful for his promises and for his word and all that he gives us, but he wants us to walk with him every single day. And yet many of us are satisfied with living out this kind of life that says, I got it. I'm good. I know the list. And you know what? The older I get, you know what I realize more? Pardon my English. I don't got it. I don't got it. The older I get, the more I realize I need Jesus every single day. I need the every hour, every moment, every second. How about you? I want to know him more. I love what Paul says. I'm willing to give up everything. I'm willing to give up everything, everything I know, everything I am, everything I have, everything I hope, everything I want, everything I desire. I'm willing to give up everything for one thing, to know Jesus Christ more. Jesus is standing by to live in this kind of relationship with us today, to rescue us from sin and death, but more than that, to give us a clean start, a brand new life, he wants, to, he wants to enter into a relationship with us today that draws that line in the sand and says, this is who you used to be. Remember the scripture? The old things are passed away, but today we're drawing a line in the sand. I'm giving you a new start. All things become new. From this day forward, you're a new person. Those things are forgiven, and we're going to walk together. And I'm going to help you, and I'm going to be with you. It's by his grace that we're saved through faith. But we have to lay aside ourselves and choose to accept him. Allow him to do something fresh and new in us. I'm thankful that he rescued me. Aren't you grateful for that? And that he can rescue us right where we are today. You might remember the story of the, of the miners in Chile from a few years ago. 
They were trapped about 2,000 feet uh, beneath a solid rock. 33, 33 men were trapped and were very desperate. The collapse of the main tunnel that entered into the mine uh, had sealed their exit and had, had thrust them into the mode of survival. Um, I read up a little bit about this, and I learned that um, they ate uh, two spoonfuls of tuna, a sip of milk, and a morsel of peaches every other day to survive. For two months, they were trapped. For two months, they prayed that someone would be able to save them. On the surface, above where they were trapped, there was a rescue team that worked around the clock. They brought in the best engineers from all over the world, including NASA, uh, meeting with all of the experts to try to come up with a plan. And finally, they designed a 13-foot-tall capsule, and they drilled first a communication hole and then an evacuation tunnel. And you might remember these pic this picture from, from back when all of this took place, but this is the evacuation capsule that they had built. And so they put all of this together. There was no guarantee of success. No one had ever been trapped underground this far in these conditions for this long and lived to tell about it. But now we know someone has. On October 13th, 2010, the men began to emerge slapping high five, shouting victory chants, excited about what had taken place. If you remember anything about the story, you'll know they ranged from all kinds of different ages. There was a great-grandfather that was trapped, a 44-year-old who was planning a wedding, a 19-year-old. All had different stories, but all had to make the same decision. They had to trust in someone else to save them. No one returned the offer uh, to, to, be, to be saved, to, to, to get help with a declaration of independence. No one returned the offer with, you know what, I'm good. I can get out of here on my own. Just drop me down a drill and I'll figure it out, right? No one responded that way. There was a unanimous opinion of all 33. We need help. We need someone who can penetrate this world and save us out of this mess that we're in. And when the rescue capsule came down, guess what? One by one, they began to climb in. Why is it so hard for us to do the same? We find it so often easier to trust in ourselves and what we think and what we know and in our good works and a whole list of other things than to simply put our trust in Jesus Christ, who made a way for us once and for all. You know, attempt, attempts at self-salvation, they leave us guaranteed nothing but exhaustion. And the reality is this. Sometimes we choose Jesus and we open our heart to him saving us. And then over time, we're right back at it trying to save ourselves again. We get busy following rules and we let the relationship go. I remind you this morning, Ephesians 2, probably a passage that most of us know, but can we read it again for the first time? Will you hear these words this morning? Hear, hear what Paul writes. For it is by, say it with me, grace you have been saved through faith. And it is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God not by works, so that no one can boast. It is grace, it is not of yourselves, it is not of works. It is simply free for the taking. 
The price has been paid for every one of us to live in relationship with him but we just have to accept his grace. Romans 10, he would say, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you're made right with God and by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. We all need to look back on our lives and be able to put our finger on a moment when Jesus Christ has saved us, when we've repented of our sin, where we've allowed the grace of Jesus to flow into our lives and we can know that we know that we know that we've been set free from our past. We need to be able to look back and see that moment, know that that moment took place. We may not know the date, we may not know the exact time, but we know there's no doubt in my mind I can remember when the burden of sin was lifted from my life and I was set free. It's got to be up to date. It can't be a front. It can't be a list. How do you know that Jesus saved you? I know because there was a moment when the sin was filling my life and then the next thing I know there was a moment where I was set free. That's how I know. Because Jesus has done the work. We can't live this life or make it to heaven based on our own achievements or being good enough. We have to join with Paul and say, I want to know Christ. I want to know him and by his grace walk in a personal relationship with him. We need to reconnect to knowing, knowing God through his son, Jesus Christ. I want you to hear this this morning. We'll be talking a lot about our mission, talking about loving, oh, so important that we love, talking about serving. Aren't you thankful for the privilege of serving, right? Thankful for that. Both of those things have to flow from the first. It's about knowing him first. It's about living in relationship with Jesus Christ first before we can love the right way or before we can serve the right way. We've got to know him. We've got to live in relationship with him. He directs all of the rest. We've got to make sure we're living the way he wants us to live first and foremost. All of the rest of the mission flows from knowing Jesus Christ in a personal way as our Lord and Savior. I'd like for you to stand, if you would, with me this morning, and Pastor Nathan is going to come. I'd like for you to bow your heads as he comes. I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking this morning, and I just believe with all my heart today that there are some here who maybe for the first time need to enter into a relationship with Jesus and I wanna give you the chance to just simply come and, and slip down to the altar or stand here in the front or be seated and we won't embarrass you in any way. Just wanna pray with you this morning. I believe also that there are those who have been living for a while now, trying, attempting to follow the rules and to put on the front but the Holy Spirit has convicted you today and you know that the relationship with Jesus isn't where it should be. And I want to encourage you today to come and just seek him in a fresh way. Desire today to know him more. And, and so I'd like for you just to be obedient to the Holy Spirit today. 
We'd love to pray with you, but if you'd like to pray just on your own today, the far altar to my left, to your right, you can come to that altar there and you can just have some time alone. And uh, if you come to any of these three, we'll pray with you, but just seek the Lord this morning and um, know that he is working and desires to work in your life afresh today. Father, we're grateful this morning for your spirit, for your voice even now. Speak to us, Lord. Help us not to hold back today, but help us to run to you and desire, Lord, to just live in full relationship with you today, renewed, refreshed in your spirit. We pray in Jesus' name.